You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to episode 134 McChesney Unchained, coming to you from DNVR. Make sure you go to thednvr.com and check out everything uh, going on at DNVR, obviously, and get your ass down to the bar off of Colfax and support all your local uh, mile-high teams, from the Rams to the Buffs, to the Avs, to the Rockies, to the Nugs, and your Denver Broncos. The place to see and support is at DNVR off of Colfax, so check it out. Like always... McChesney Unchained is brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings, and thanks for all their support. Football fans, are you ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this weekend. Uh, with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, new customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets when a team scores, you score. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with the new same-game parlays. The more legs you add on the parlays, the bigger the payout. So you can, for example, you could go and go to the Kansas City-Dallas game this week and pick the winner, uh, the over-under, and a couple guys to score in the game. And if you hit on all of them, a $50 bet or a $100 bet could turn into a nice payday uh, before Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's what the same way, same game parlays are. So again, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the bigger the payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw <clears throat> your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR and bet just $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code DNVR. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Do you have a gambling problem? one 800 522 4700 and we roll here on episode 134 mcchesney unchained no guests again this week um it's been a pain in the ass trying to get new people on the show and it's what it is so i'll try harder next week to get somebody on the show so nobody has to listen to me just rant um so we'll start with the denver nuggets last night was uh, exactly what michael malone the, the head coach uh feared and, and unfortunately i didn't hear his press conference about how much he feared philadelphia and how they had nothing to lose and they're missing all their good players until after uh, I, I parlayed and, and picked the Nuggets to win. Um, so, you know, the same game parlay would have hit last night. I hit on every other leg other than the Nuggets winning. I thought that, that was a must win for them at home. And they absolutely played terrible with the exception of the Joker, uh, who always plays well, it seems. And Will Barton, who was close to a triple-double, the, the bench was just atrocious. They went when Joker left the game with a couple minutes left in the first, they were up one. By the time he went back in in the second quarter, they were down like 13 or some shit. So you know, I can understand why Malone gets kicked out of the game. I probably got kicked out of the game too. That that was a, 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 an atrocity last night uh, at the can. Um, to lose to to a 
a Philadelphia team without their good players, uh, multiple good players, is just not acceptable. And then the, the turnaround and the shitty part about this is they had the Bulls coming in this evening, and Chicago has – you know, really started this season off strong from Levine to DeRozan to Ball and everybody else they got on that roster. Uh, they seem to be headed in the right direction. I was a huge Bull fan when I when I was growing up, obviously. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be a fan of those teams with Rodman and Jordan and Pippen and, and all those cats. But, you know, it, it's just – I would have preferred this to be the barn burner and maybe lose to the Bulls at home rather than losing to Philadelphia, all you can think is that they overlooked the 76ers uh, and, and just didn't show up last night. And hopefully it's a wake-up call and they do this evening. So if you're going to get in on that, understand that Jokic is questionable. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't play this evening, the, the Nuggets have absolutely no chance to win, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens there. With the exception of Steph Curry, I think, I think Nikola Jokic is definitely playing the, the highest level uh, of basketball in the NBA right now. He's having an even better year than he did last year. Unfortunately, Steph Curry is absolutely dominating his position. He hit nine threes the other day or some shit uh, when they played Brooklyn. And it seems like the Warriors, especially when they get Klay Thompson back, are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the West. Uh, and it, it's really turning out to, to have some really good playoff basketball down the road. Uh, we just need to get Murray back and, and Michael Porter Jr. is either going to turn into the max player that he is and be supportive of his teammates and win one-on-one -on -one battles and be consistent from the arc and things of that nature, or it might be the biggest waste of a hundred plus million dollars in the history of wasting a hundred plus million dollars. Um, yes, I like the fact that they kept him, but if he's not going to do anything to help the team and he's not going to play, then what in the fuck are we talking about? So I guess we'll see how they respond this evening against Chicago after laying an absolute egg against the 76ers. So hopefully they get that W and they can go into uh, Thanksgiving on a little bit of a hot note. All right. So we'll see what happens with that as we go. College football. Uh, the season is winding down, um, you know, from from Fort Collins to Boulder. Nobody's bowling this year. Uh, the Air Force Falcons are again, of course. Uh, Air, Air Force is one consistent ass football team down there from a recruiting standpoint to the way they develop to how they play. Uh, they're always in a bowl game and always super competitive. Uh, you know, they, they have their limitations of course, because of the service Academy, but at the same time, they seem to uh, completely and unequivocally, you know, use that as an opportunity to overcome something instead of, you know, looking at it as, as holding them down. Um, Air Force is bowling this year. CU and CSU are not. Uh, now, that said, it's important that Colorado specifically, because, you know, CSU season's over, and other than the McBride brothers coming to train with me for the combine, I could really get a shit. So, CU against Washington tomorrow. I'm obviously going with my boys and my mom. Um, go there and, and, you know, see some old teammates and whatnot. They're honoring a bunch of the older teams from the all – all for the conference championship teams from the early nineties uh, to the Oh one title team that won the big 12 title. Uh, and really that's the last team that they can honor. Um, and again, they're honoring the past because that's all we got in Boulder. Uh, unfortunately is the past and hopefully we can get some new uh, you know, some new teams and some new stars to honor moving forward, but it's been a long, long drought for Colorado. Uh, I don't see that, you know, that, ending anytime soon i mean it's not like they're good 
They're hopefully they're going to finish with a four and eight season and they can beat Washington. I don't see them beating Utah on the road next week in Salt Lake city, Utah, of course, plays Oregon this week in a preview of the Pac-12 title game, in my opinion. Uh, the only way that they don't meet again in the Pac-12 title game, if Utah loses this week and then loses next week and Arizona state wins out and then Arizona state will end up winning the South. Um, you know, this is an opportunity to honor the seniors and fill up Folsom one more time for the for the year is over. It's going to be a nice day over there at one o'clock on the Pac-12 Network kickoff. I I do think that they win tomorrow. Uh, Washington just fired their head coach, Jimmy Lake. He didn't coach last week. They had a really, really close game. Barnburner up in Seattle. Arizona State ended up winning 35-30 uh, on the road. Good for them. Uh, but Washington has their own problems. They're anemic on offense, and it seems like Colorado's at least figured out their offensive problems at home, at least. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully they can build off of that. The first half last week against UCLA being up the way they were was very, very encouraging to see and great to see, only to see them in turn uh, get absolutely barnstormed in the second half, 34 to nothing. Uh, and end up losing the game 44 to 20 after leading 20 to 10 at half. Um, so hopefully they can figure out a way to finish games after they have the lead like that. I thought they were going to win last week, and they obviously did not. Um, I won't be surprised at all if they restaff the entire offense after this season. So, uh, you know, it, it's just a matter of who they can pay because there's some buyouts in, in that. You know, some guys they can just fire. Other guys are going to have to buy out. Carl Durrell's not going anywhere. They own too much money. And honestly, I don't know if getting rid of Shiverini is really the right answer at this point with the progression we've seen from the offense and whatnot. So, you know, he's going to have a big buyout as well as they just paid him to be the OC uh, just, what, a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, there's going to be an opening for the offensive line coach. I was up there today dropping off some stuff and reiterated again to them that I want to be first in line for that opportunity when it springs, and we'll see what happens there. I really doubt that they'll give me a call, but what else is fucking new? Um, so we'll see. Uh, but again, I hope Colorado can pull it out this weekend in Folsom and get a huge W uh, over Washington. The last time Washington came to Boulder, CU did end up beating them. Uh, you know, you'd like to see Nate Lambin on the field tomorrow for his last home game. We'll see how that goes. We need to get a guy Thomas back on the field. Uh, he's a really, really good outside linebacker defensive end. You know, and it's an opportunity to see Nate and Carson and some of these older cats play for the last time before we, we ship them off into the uh, – you know, into never, never land when it comes to college football players and we, we start the next batch. So it's all going to be about development of players and, and recruiting in Boulder moving forward. And hopefully, hopefully they can find a way to recruit the correct ones and develop the shit out of them at the same time. I don't really think it's that difficult, but again, everything in Boulder these days, these days seems to be difficult. So we will see how it goes. Although I do like Colorado at home tomorrow to beat the Washington Huskies. So we will see what happens there. Um, looking at the rest of the college football slate, other than the, the CU game, the only other game I really give a shit, well, there's two. I care about the Oregon-Utah game. I'm interested to see what the top two teams in the conference uh, look like versus each other head-to-head. -head. Oregon going on the road to Salt Lake City, that place is not an easy place to win. You know, Oregon's a one-loss team ranked third in the country. They need to go out and beat Utah. They need to beat Oregon State next week. Then they need to beat Utah again in the big or in the Pac-12 title game handily to ensure that they stay in the playoff. It's important that Oregon gets in if we're talking about just the, the uh, you know, the rooting for your conference aspect of college football. 
Um, Michigan State, Ohio State game is, is huge this weekend. You know, Michigan State goes on the road to the shoe. They're 19 and a half point dogs the last time I checked. They're getting 19 and a half points when, with a one loss record. And I think that's because they're pretty bad against the pass and Ohio state can really, really, really lace it, uh, you know, from, from Olivier to shroud their, their quarterback, they're young and they can lace it and they're good up front. And, you know, Ohio state, the only time I've seen them really get manhandled was by Oregon in the shoe this year, which would explain why they're, you know, ranked third and Ohio State is ranked fourth. Uh, what I don't understand is how Michigan is still ranked higher than Michigan State after they beat them head to head. And for the Big Ten commissioner, who's Gary, whatever the fuck his name is, to go out and say that, well, from an analytical standpoint, all the numbers, Michigan's numbers are way better than Michigan State's. So that's why they're higher. It makes me just despise the college football play, playoff even more than I do. I hated the BCS. I do not like the college football playoff at this point. I think it's a scam. Uh, there's certain teams that just have absolutely no fucking shot on earth to ever get into the playoff. So it, it's not that that is not the way college football should be with how much parity there is. And I'm really tired of everybody saying like, oh, well, the 12th team and the, the 12th best team in the country could never beat the first team in the country. Have you never watched college football before in your life? I watched an unfucking ranked Texas A&M team beat the number one team in the country this year. So I know it might be on a neutral side and it could be far-fetched, but to say it could never happen, you're right. It can never happen with the college football playoff the way it is right now, where it really doesn't matter what you do on the field. It only matters what these 12 assholes think in, in, the, in the room, which everybody just goes off what the head guys thinks, the AB from Iowa. So I'm, uh, I'm over the, the four-game playoff. I think they need to expand to 12 with some buys to give the first couple of teams the, the week off just to make everybody happy, have some home playoff games. You want to talk about a raucous atmosphere. Just imagine like if CU ever was to make the playoff, they're hosting a playoff game as like the fifth seed or some shit against the 12th seed, which is, I don't know, Clemson or Wake Forest or Notre Dame or something. That would be an absolutely raucous environment filled to the fucking brim and people would love to see that and it's just more money for the betters it's more money for college football it's more exposure for the kids uh, i find it amazing that we still say and i still hear this narrative of well d1 kids are too busy to do this like that but the one double a and d2 kids can do a playoff but we can't the big boys can't do it it's again it's just more hypocrisy and more money grubbing which if it's all about money grubbing at this point, you'd figure they want more games and more TV exposure and more opportunities to make money and make money off of betting and things of that nature. So we will see. Uh, I do think Ohio State beats Michigan State, although I want Michigan State to win. I would absolutely love Michigan State to win this game. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens next week with Michigan State or Michigan playing Ohio State uh, in, the, in the big house. That's going to be a hell of a game as those two rivals square off uh, for, you know, Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I used to love Thanksgiving football, and now it's just another game. It, you, it was the entire reason I went to see you, Boulder, was to play in that Thanksgiving atmosphere against the Cornhuskers and actually have it mean something. And now we're playing Utah. So, again, not really uh, that excited about the Utah Utes being our rival. But, again, it is what it is. Got to eat some shit and smile these days when we're talking about CU and college football. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but again, the college football playoff, the way it's set up right now, Georgia, Alabama are one and two. They want nothing more. The committee wants nothing more and the SEC wants nothing more than for Alabama to upset Georgia in the uh, SEC title game 
and then both those teams get in. So I am rooting so hard for Georgia to mop Alabama's ass when they get into the SEC title game. So we've got all, you know, more than just the SEC uh, represented in the playoff and, and consequently represented in the national title game because they're going to rank the loser of that game two or three, not fourth. So you're not going to get a rematch of the SEC title game right away in the first round of the playoff. So I guess we'll see how all that goes. I'd like to see Georgia, Oregon, Michigan State, Cincinnati. That would be ideal to me. I guess we'll see what happens uh, as we you know, go through this gauntlet of the college football playoffs. So we will see. Uh, but make sure you watch all those games this week and get it on those parlay bets like we talked about on DraftKings. Last but not least, as we wrap up episode 134, McChesney and I'm not going to sit here and dwell on the Broncos and what we saw last week against Philadelphia. Moving forward and looking forward, I'd like to think that a five and five football team is very encouraged, very encouraged with the fact that they are not out of it. I'd like to think that, but I understand that people have been harping on Teddy Bridgewater all week. And I've been trying to sit back and really think about what I was going to say about this on the show. And I, I don't know if I've ever been more disappointed to be an alum of that team or a fan than I was after watching that and rewatching it. And then hearing the narrative all week, it it's a quit move. I can't believe he didn't at least try to get in the way to slow down Slay to make that play. The fact that he was running next to the ball and then all he did was head duck and just let him go. And his excuses, I'm funneling him to the rest of the guys. I can't get with it anymore. I do not want Teddy to be the starter. And it's because of this. And I don't give a shit if you don't like it. I, I want my quarterback in Denver to be the toughest son of a bitch on the field. So if that's not what it's going to be, and he's not going to sell out at the same, at the same pace that the other guys are, there's other guys playing hurt. There's other guys out there throwing their body around, trying to make a play. He's chasing the ball. If you're not going to play football after there's a turnover, just take a fucking knee or jog on the side. You know, everybody talking about, well, I never saw Peyton Manning make tackles, blah, blah, blah. blah. That's horseshit. I, wa I watched Peyton make a huge tackle in the AFC title game against the Patriots after he threw a pick. So, you know, it, it's, it all comes down to how you want to look at it. Ben Roethlisberger, when they won the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, if he doesn't run back and make that tackle and try to grab the ankle, then they don't go to the Super Bowl. And, and the first one, they won in Detroit. So, I'm looking at this entire situation like it's a precursor of what the real problem is, which is Teddy's not invested fully in the quarterback position here in Denver because Denver's not invested fully in him. He's on a one-year contract. He's been hurt in the past, and his he wants to stay healthy. He doesn't want to win, period. And I don't care who doesn't like it. So I don't want to see him anymore at the quarterback position. I just don't, and we're going to. So essentially what we're doing is watching a bunch of guys coach and play for the Broncos who are not going to be here in the future at all. Melvin Gordon's not going to be here. Bridgewater, I God, I hope he's not here anymore. Uh, Vic Fangio is not going to be the head coach anymore. Patty Boy's not going to be your offensive coordinator. I would imagine they restart the offensive line coach and get rid of Munchak just because they're getting rid of everyone. If anybody does stay, I could see him being the guy. I think that they're going to cut certain players also that have huge price tags. So when I'm looking at this, I, I look at, at, you know, the guys who are going to be here and the guys who aren't. And I just, I don't understand why we're, you know, relying on a bunch of cats who aren't going to be on this football team and aren't going to be coaching this football team to move forward, to develop and, you know, 
go after the playoffs. It's not happening. So the, the Broncos are five and five and dead last in, in the AFC West. And they are very heavy with AFC West games here in the second half of the season with the Chargers, Raiders, and the Chiefs twice. They also have to play Cincinnati, who's a playoff team. The only game I think they could just go out and win unequivocally is the Detroit contest coming up whenever that is. So, you know, when you're talking about the Denver Broncos, I am I don't care if they have to draft the quarterback in the first round for the next five years to find the guy. I don't care. Go find a young gunslinger that you actually draft in the first round and develop not a guy you draft in the first round don't teach him shit send him on the bench and just throw him to the wolves and wonder why he failed do your homework on this guy this time actually interview him and get him in that get him in the room and get him on the board and see if he knows what a fucking overfront is and a squeeze gap and three by one what's levels how are they going to adjust to it what's a fence what's cover one all these questions that you would assume football people would ask quarterbacks they were going to draft in the first goddamn fucking round. So if I sound upset about this, I am. I've watched the, the Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen. He wasn't the guy. They scrapped his ass immediately and drafted Kyler Murray first the next year. That's the beauty of not having to pay bonus babies. That is the beauty of not having to pay Sam Bradford $70 fucking million dollars to get him to sign a rookie contract. You have the ability to miss and move forward unless you miss and you totally psych yourself out to think that you can't be successful in developing quarterbacks. And then they consistently don't pick really good quarterbacks as we go down the fucking list of guys that they didn't pick and overlooked, which that list is long and distinguished. Uh, so I don't really care who the pick is this year. If he's picked in the first round and he's good enough to play the quarterback position where they pick him, Pick him and ride with him. And if he's not the guy, scrap his ass and move on to the next one next year when you have another high draft pick. But stop recycling all these all these ex-quarterbacks that were at other places that showed you who they are. Teddy is a backup, period. Period. He doesn't want to be the starting quarterback in Denver. If he would have laid into Darius Slay the other day and made that tackle and say he gets hurt, there's nothing more motivating to his football team right there than look what our quarterback just did. He didn't even throw a pick. Melvin Gordon put the ball on the ground again, and Teddy ran all the way down the field, and even though he's a China doll, threw himself into the play, and even though he got hurt, man, we are, such, we are so behind five. He's our guy. He's our leader. I mean, for God's sakes, you didn't even try, and the worst part is you head-ducked him. You, like, you, you faked him out. And he just took off for a touchdown and you're just watching him. And it's become like the, the number one thing that the, the entire season is going to revolve around. That's the moment. Every year has one moment. And that's the moment for this year's Bronco team. It could have, the moment could have been an absolute beatdown of the Cowboys in Dallas, but no, they couldn't ride that momentum because they're not mature enough as a football team. They don't have real leadership. They went and bought, Teddy Bridgewater for a year. That doesn't make him a leader. That makes him George Patton, Payton's guy, period. They don't have any real leadership on defense. Justin Simmons is a good player, but I mean, I, I don't know who's really listening to that guy talk when he speaks. Kareem Jackson, another one-year contract guy. I, I love Kareem. I think he's a great player, but how many of the young guys are really listening to him? No, he's not going to be here. Kyle Fuller's not going to be here. You know, how many guys are we looking at as leaders on this team that are not going to be there in the future. I say a lot. Belman Gordon, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Kyle Fuller, and the list goes on. So 
look, they have a buy. It's a good thing they do because they need to figure this shit out. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of the same repetitive, you know, bullshit that we saw last week. The Broncos went to Dallas and ran the shit out of the football, totally controlled the game and got up and allowed their defense to do what they do. This last week against the Eagles, they threw the ball two to one pass to run. So Patty Boy can't even help himself. He has to go out in three by one. He has to throw the ball over the yard. He can't just stay consistent with what's working. He's got to go out and do his thing. And I'm telling you, man, I'm over it. I am fucking over it. So the Broncos have got to figure this out because if they're starting quarterback, the guy who's making all that money and all that, all that, everything good he's done if he's not willing to sell out and make it even try and make a tackle when he's standing right next to the cat why should i give a shit about this season at all as a fan why should i invest any money or any time or effort as a media member why should i not just rip them a fucking part at every turn because that's unacceptable man it's not cool people are out there spending their hard-earned money to come watch you play and that's the kind of fucking effort you give in denver you might be able to get away with that in minnesota dog you might be able to get away with that in new orleans where they don't give a shit about football but here in the mile high city our quarterbacks again are tough as nails and they're cut from granite i.e john elway even tim tebow sorry has no way that would have happened he would have chased that some bitch down try to tackle a Cutler might even throw him. Well, maybe not Cutler. <laughs> Jay Plummer would have tracked his ass down. And I've watched Peyton Manning make several tackles on bad plays he made. And Teddy didn't even make the bad play. He could have been the hero of it. And rather, he's the donkey. So, again, if he's not going to give a shit, why should we? Why should I? That's the starting quarterback. He doesn't seem to care. So, again, the more no-shows, the better at this point. The show management that you're fed up is Broncos country. Let's get a new owner in the building. Let's figure out a way to dome the stadium so we can get a fucking Super Bowl here and let and, and draft the quarterback in the first round. I hope they lose every game from here on out so they get the best pick available. Get rid of these scrub-ass fucking veterans that don't want to be here. Go draft someone and see if you can develop them and find a young offensive coordinator, quarterback coach that can actually come in here and do something other than what he's been doing for 30 years. Fix not the answer, pass not the answer. They've got to be younger. They've got to be able to relate to the players and they've got to be able to push them. And this kind of shit can't happen, period. So I guess we'll see. Uh, so obviously we want the want the bus to win this weekend and close out the season uh, on a high note at Folsom. I know it's been a rough year, but hey, you know, what What else is new? That's what the bus do these days. So we will see. So best of luck to the Buffs, the Rams, and the Air Force Falcons. The Broncos have the week off, as we talked about. And then, uh, you know, we'll see if the Nets can pull it out against the Bulls this evening at the sack. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. That is episode 134, McChesney Unchained. Uh, we'll try and find some guests for you next week. Uh, if not, then you'll just have to listen to me. So have a great weekend, guys. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody if you don't do the show before then. Later.